It was over 20 years ago when uh, Hannah and Jonathan Cranch, our, our esteemed founders, were in the Design Center in San Francisco, just getting inspired about you know current design trends. And they saw things being thrown away, bags and bags of materials headed for the dumpster. And Hannah was teaching at the time. She was an art teacher. And she said, oh, my goodness, can I take some of these? This is This is wonderful stuff. And they said, sure. And she took some home, shared it with her teacher friends. And they went crazy over it. She invited her neighbors, and that's how Fabmo got started. Welcome to the Cause Compass podcast, where we shine a light on inspiring stories of impact from local nonprofits by interviewing the dedicated individuals driving change within these organizations. Each episode will be joined by a nonprofit leader who will share their organization's unique journey the challenges they faced, and ways you can join their cause. I'm your host, Joe Kratz, and I'm here to help you gain insights into the nonprofit world and inspire you to take action. Today, we're excited to feature Fabmo, a nonprofit organization focused on rescuing designer fabrics for creative reuse. Fabmo focuses on collecting discarded designer fabric samples from stores before they hit the landfill. Not only does it reduce the amount of landfill waste, but it gives local artists and craftspeople the opportunity to use the fabric to make one-of-a-kind creations. In this episode, we're joined by Kathy Bont, the current acting board chair of Fabmo. She's a designer, educator, and small business owner who joined the board in January of 2021 after nearly a decade of volunteering with Fabmo. She has helped to organize and implement Fabmo's online artisan showcase, and she is also the founder of 3D Kids Academy, which provides creative programs for young makers. Kathy incorporates Fabmo's materials and the message of reuse and sustainability into all of her personal and professional endeavors. Let's dive in and learn more about Fabmo's journey and how you can support their mission. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. So to kick things off, in your own words, can you describe what Fabmo is, its mission, and how you work to accomplish that mission? Well, Fabmo's mission is to educate and inspire. Our goal is to keep still usable and still beautiful materials out of the landfill and get them in the hands of people who can make use out of them and give them a new life. Um, we also uh, want to educate, um, and even and more increasingly these days, we're trying to educate the public about the overall growing issue of textile waste. And what, what was the motivation for starting Fabmo? Well, so... Um, it was over 20 years ago when uh, Hannah and Jonathan Cranch, our, our esteemed founders, were in the design center in San Francisco, just getting inspired about you know current design trends. And they saw things being thrown away, bags and bags of materials headed for the dumpster. And Hannah was teaching at the time. She was an art teacher. And she said, oh, my goodness, can I take some of these? This is This is wonderful stuff. And they said, sure. And she took some home, shared it with her teacher friends. And they went crazy over it. She invited her neighbors. And that's how Fabmo got started. Basically, I mean, they just couldn't stand to see these beautiful materials being wasted. And there was no there was no program in place at the time to to do anything with these remnants and, and other, you know, discarded materials that were still wonderful. So that sounds great. And it sounds like a really kind of grassroots movement because you mentioned you've been around for you know almost 20 years. 
could you talk to me a little bit about how the organization has evolved from you know, those grassroots days to now being uh, a full-fledged established nonprofit? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, literally, uh, it started with Hannah coming home with a couple of like garbage bags full of materials and dumping it out in her living room. And then, um, you know, she started to do this on a regular basis, picking up the materials and inviting her friends. And then it grew from there. Um, and then um, I am not exactly sure of the exact timeline of how things happen, because that precedes my involvement with FABMO. But, um, you know, <clears throat> they started to realize that they couldn't just do this in their living room floor. There was more interest. They wanted to make it more official. They moved into their garage, a true Silicon Valley startup, right? Um, started in their home in their garage. And then they, they got their first commercial space in, um, I believe the first one was Palo Alto. I'm not sure. And then there were two spaces in Mountain View. We kept growing and adding more people. And, and then um, we officially incorporated and got um, nonprofit status. But before that, there was, they were very unofficially still rescuing a lot of materials and getting it out there. And now we have a warehouse in Sunnyvale and we're open to the public twice a month. And, you know, we, we have a board and lots of volunteers and it's we've definitely grown. That's great. Yeah, it kind of is a, a huge story there of just growth from being really small to kind of now having a warehouse. And it's, it's really incredible, you know, what time can do. Right. Um, you know, I, I one of the things that you mentioned is like it kind of started before your time. You know, you're currently the chair, correct? Yes the board chair. So, you know, what, what inspired you to, to start helping FABMO to join the organization? Well, like, like most people who get involved with FABMO, I started there as a, as a shopper or customer. Um, and I was doing a summer camp at the time looking for materials. And I just fell so in love with them because as a creative person, it's like being in a candy store. I fell so in love with the materials they had there and their whole mission of making these materials available at, at a very low cost um, and just keeping them out of landfill. So I started, you know, helping a little bit as a volunteer, helping to tidy up, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and then I got more involved. And then the next thing I know, I was I was drafted for the board. And then somehow or another, I became board chair <laughs> a year and a half ago. So it's been a, it's been a process, but, you know, it's just, just such a great organization. Yeah, just just keep getting roped in, right? The more the, the <laughs> further down the rabbit hole you go. Yep. Uh, that's great. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about the impact that Fabmo has had. Um, you know, how much fabric would you say that that Fabmo has diverted from landfills since its inception? Well, it's hard to say exactly because initially, when we started out unofficially. Uh, we weren't really tracking it as much, but um, but since we became official, it's been about 70 tons a year. Um, so if you do a little math and then figure it was less when we started out, I think it's safe to say about a thousand tons have been kept out of the waste stream thanks to Fabmo. That's huge. That that's amazing. And all volunteers. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, that's no small feat there. That's definitely a win for planet Earth and sustainability. Um, you know, what, what are some of the, the different initiatives that, that FABMO runs? So um, we are open to the public for in-person shopping um, twice a month. For, usually it's a three-day event twice a month. And then we have an online store, which is open 24-7. And then the materials that people purchase online are different from the ones we have available in our in-person um, shopping events. 
um, and, they, and that's available for curbside pickup. We have an eBay store as well, and then we also have um, we we do we have a few programs that are continuing. Like we have um, sewing with Fabmo at the Mountain View Library, which is a once a month thing. We're taking a little break for the summer, but we'll be back in the fall. And then um, we have a couple of like meetup groups that take place on site at Fabmo. One of them is for, directed towards uh, people who like to crochet and work with yarn. And then, um, and then we also recently started something called the Classroom Art Boxes using a grant we got uh, from Santa Clara County. And that is, um, we're providing classroom art kits to teachers and it's got a, a fully developed art lesson, a little bit of art history and a, a project for inspiration and then step-by-step -step instructions and all the materials uh, needed to complete the project provided by Fabmo, so fabric or or tile or whatever, yarn, whatever is needed. And then also some um, some information about textile waste and recycling and things like that, kid-friendly information. So that's our newest initiative. You know, you mentioned you have the sale of fabrics. Um, what do those proceeds typically go to? Do they, they fund the organization? Do they fund, you know, more of these events, these initiatives that you run? How does that uh, that work? Well, right now, Joe, most of our most of the money we take in goes to rent, um, which is our biggest operating expense. Um, and then we, of course, have utilities, and we have gas for our van, and we have the um, the small stipend we pay our wonderful part time employee who drives our van to San Francisco to make the pickups. Um, we do, you know, and we have a rainy day fund in case there's another COVID as well, uh, but. Um, but by and large, it mostly goes to operating expenses. And I, I kind of have this dream that, you know, one day we'll meet this generous and deep pocketed benefactor who will gift us this space that we can use. And, and then we could save all that money on rent, put more, more of our uh, money towards more programs, maybe get a couple more employees um, and really, you know, expand even more. But for now, uh, we're, you know, we're making ends meet and, and, saving a little bit for rainy day and hopefully going to be hiring more employees at some point when we can afford it and funding more programs. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, what are, what are some of the success stories that you've had or have seen within the community since you've been working and doing these initiatives for, for quite some time now? Um, well, we have, we, we touch a lot of different people with our materials and we, we help um, we help a lot of nonprofits, fellow nonprofits. Um, Sunnyvale Community Services Auxiliary Guild is one that um, we we've had our Fabmo makers like donate made materials, you know, made goods to their to their. Uh, I think it's twice yearly sales, which benefit the unhoused in Sunnyvale and things like that. Um, we have we have theater groups and and all sorts of other. Uh, creative groups come to us to get low cost materials so that they can, you know, save money on putting on their productions because all the arts are squeezed, right? Um, so sure. if they can save money on their theater backdrops and things like that, it's 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 a win win for everybody. Yeah. Um, we also have one of our members is very involved with an organization called the Grateful Garment, and she, it's it's an organization that sews clothing for victims of, of like sexual abuse, basically. They, they wind up going to the police station and have to surrender their clothing as evidence and rather than come home in a hospital gown, which is horrible and humiliating. Um, this Grateful Garment program provides, you know, clothing for them to basically wear home and, and um, 
a lot of that is made with femo materials and and the one of the groups used to meet on site before covid to sew the things mm -hmm. now i think they do it mostly remotely but but there's there's a lot of stories like that there's um other initiatives that help the unhoused or at-risk youth and they get their materials from us as well yeah yeah, it sounds like, you know, the, the work that Fabmo is doing is not only helping, you know, creatives find things for their projects, but also just helping the community in different ways, like you mentioned. We like to think that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, you know, you mentioned a lot is kept from landfills with the work that you do. How, if at all, does Fabmo contribute to wider conversations and actions around sustainability and just waste reduction? Um, well, we, we're trying to get out there more and more with, um, with these things. Like we, we are always present at things like Earth Day. I mean, that's, that's like a big event for us, Earth Day, as you can imagine. And, and as I said, with these classroom art boxes, uh, we really want to educate people from a young age, I mean, the next generation, um, about what's happening with textile waste and the climate and fast fashion and all of these other things. Um, and we're, as I said, the um, educate thing, that's, that's a relatively new part of our initiative. We had a board retreat a couple of years ago and we made that one of our goals. So we're really trying to get out there more with, the, with that aspect of it. You know, it's not just, hey, we have great materials for crafters at a great price. And yeah, by the way, we're keeping it from the landfill, but we want to be part of the bigger picture. That's awesome. And you know, I guess a little little fun question here, but what what's some of the more one of the more innovative or unique creations you've seen made from the rescued fabrics? Oh, I don't know where to start. <laughs> we have we have so many creative people that use Fabmo materials. A couple things come to mind. We have um, an artisan who makes these. She calls them spirit dolls, and they're they're incredible dolls made out of Fabmo materials and and each one is given a name and almost like a superhero sort of historical persona and she does custom orders and 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 people just people just love them they they're incredibly beautiful and very unique and we have another artisan that does pet portraits using the Fabmo fabric and she'll do a custom portrait of your pet and I I have one of my son's dog on a pillow I just it's one of our favorite things in our living room um, and we have, you know, we have a lot of people who make, a, you know, bags and, and things for the home and um, jewelry and art, all different types of art. I mean, I, it's, it's, there's quite a variety. Sure. Yeah. And th those, those are usually kind of the, the, the best kinds of gifts, right? Something unique and, and handmade like that. It's, uh, it's almost Yes. Priceless. And we're very excited. Um, I, I was going to mention this. We have our first Fabmo Artisan Market since COVID coming up in October and, and it's going to be great. We're going to have about 35 or so artisans right in Los Altos, not too far from our home. And um, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be an opportunity for, for the local makers who use Fabmo materials to sell their creations and for every, for the public to see what kind of great stuff can be made with material that would have wound up in the landfill. Sure. Yeah, that, that sounds like a great opportunity for not only artists to come and, and find new inspiration for creations, but to also learn more about Fabmo and the work that you guys are Yeah, are doing. we're hoping. Yeah. And, you know, I bet running Fabmo comes with a, a unique set of challenges, right? You know, you mentioned operating expenses being one of them. It's no small feat to run, you know, an artisan fair either. What are some of the more difficult parts of running Fabmo? 
Well, I would say the biggest challenge is that we are an all-volunteer organization, except, as I said, for a one part-time paid driver who we love. Uh, but um, it, it has, it's been challenging sometimes to get volunteers, especially with the pandemic. Um, I mean, now, you know, now we're knock wood uh, out of that, at least for now, <laughs> and things are getting a little bit better, but, it, but it's always... It's always a little hard and sometimes, you know, we're, we're trying to reach out to new groups that maybe don't know about us and, and get volunteers from them while still holding on to our old volunteers. But I would say, I would say just the amount of workload and, and the lack of volunteers is probably our biggest challenge. Yeah. And so would you say that volunteering is probably the best way that somebody who's listening right now could help out FABMA? I would say that's one of the top ones, yes. Um, and there are lots of different ways to volunteer. You can volunteer in person. You can volunteer remotely in some ways. We have all different types of opportunities. Um, of course, donations of money are, are always appreciated as well. As I said, we do have operating expenses. Mm -hmm. um, so that's appreciated. And, and of course, donations of materials. We do accept those as well, um, but we... We sometimes have to be a little selective about what we can accept from the general public because of space limitations, but, but we do, we do accept that as well. Sure. But volunteers, volunteers are something that we can always use. That's great. And, and what is probably the best way to stay in touch with you and, and with FABMO if somebody's interested in volunteering or donating or just learning more? So we have a website. Um, and that's the best way to learn about us right now, even though it's being redone. But um, it is it does have a lot of information, and it's www.fabmo.org. And um, from there, you can find out events that we're going to be taking place that are going to be taking place. And um, you can also subscribe to our newsletter, which is a wonderful thing that comes out once a month and has it has. Uh, craft ideas. It has interesting things about people who are doing things with upcycled materials. It, it of course, tells about our sales that are coming up and um, and all sorts of other interesting things. And then we we also um, have, have emails that we'll send out if you get on our email list that let you know specifically when we have sales coming up. But basically, I would start with our website. You know, talking a little bit about the future of FABMO, where do you see things going in the future? What is kind of the, the ultimate vision that you have for the organization? Well, I think if we're going to survive, we are eventually probably going to have to hire a few more key people. And that's something we've been working our way through. I mean, hiring our, our first part-time paid employee was was actually quite daunting because there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of a lot of official things that none of us knew anything about that you have to go through. Um, but now that we have, we have one employee, it's easier to add others. We just need to figure out the budgeting and define the positions. And, but I think that that's something that's going to be happening in the next couple of years. Um, I've looked at other organizations like, uh, there's no one exactly like FABMO, but other organizations, uh, creative reuse organizations, and they, they did eventually evolve to having more paid staff. And I think that that's probably going to be the way we have to go. I would love to have a bigger space, maybe a maker space there, but uh, I don't. I don't know exactly when and if that's going to happen. But um, but we're definitely we're definitely growing, and and it, I think the future is bright. We a lot of people love Fabmo, and we're we're getting out there. 
That's good. And you mentioned hiring some new folks that'll help you not only maybe optimize current operations, but I guess expand throughout the region. Is that something that you're looking to do as well? Um, I don't know about that, but we are looking to partner. Well, so we, we often have organizations or people in other cities approaching us and saying, hey, how did you how did you start FAMO? In fact, we mm. were just talking to somebody in Denver who wants to start something similar. So maybe maybe it's not like fabmo franchises per se but maybe maybe we work together with other groups and you know see how we can get something similar going in other places i don't know i don't quite want to commit to that kind of expansion <laughs> yeah. when we're barely you know barely have enough volunteers right now to run sure, our yeah. one place but but uh i think we'll get there and cross that bridge you know if, if yeah. and when you come to it right yeah but that there's really sense. a need and i think a desire for for what we do yeah i mean and that that must inspire that that must feel pretty good right to have other people from other communities coming to you and saying hey how, how did you do what you're doing because it it's really impactful and we want to do something similar it, it does it does feel good and i and i credit our founders for like having the vision 20 years ago to to see where this could go. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. All right. And then you mentioned um, the the upcoming Artisan Fair in October. Are there any other upcoming events, workshops or initiatives that you want people to be aware of? Um, well, we are going to be I, I mentioned we had gotten a grant and we were using part of that for those classroom art boxes, art kits. Um, Part two of that grant is going to be reaching out to adults, and we've already done one workshop. Um, basically, we want to encourage people to extend the life of their clothing because so much clothing winds up in the landfill and fast fashion. People buy more clothing than ever before, and then it just wears out and they toss it away. Average 80 pounds a year of textiles is thrown away by the average person. So so we, we want to educate about that, and that's going to be part two of our grant um, I don't exactly know when the next uh, class is going to be, but it's it's going to be geared towards um, embellishing and you know visible mending and enhancing and 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 extending the life of your clothing. And that will probably be in August or sometime in the fall. Check our website or our Facebook and social media to see when that might happen. All right. That is all of the questions that I have for you. Or is there anything else that you want to tell listeners or anything else that you want to talk to about FABMO? So I just want to point out that FABMO stands for fabric and more. So you don't even have to be a sewer to uh, appreciate FABMO. We have all sorts of other materials that we rescue from a fate in the landfill. In addition to fabric, we have leather, pleather, vinyl, we have wood, we have tile, both glass and ceramic of all different shapes, sizes, and colors. We have wallpaper, we have carpet remnants, we have yarn, we have notions, thread, uh, scrapbooking materials, and tons and tons of crafting books right now. Please come and get some of those. They are on sale for half off. Uh, we also have trims and, and ribbons and things like that. So there's, you will be inspired. All right. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. It was really fantastic to learn more about FABMO and the work that, that you're doing in the community. Kathy, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Joe. And I hope you'll stop by sometime. Of course. Yeah, I'd love to see the warehouse space. And mm -hmm. I really want to come to the, the fair that you're having in, in October. Oh, definitely. Well, I, I will be I will be spamming you with invitations. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. Thank okay. you so much.
To our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Cause Compass podcast. If you'd like to learn more about FABMO and how you can get involved, please visit their website and follow them on social media. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and give us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Cause Compass newsletter and podcast to discover more local nonprofits making a difference. Thank you.